in soccer news For insight that excels For expert analytics You better go somewhere else Portland Betting Soccer Podcast Enjoy it now Cause it probably won't last Pitches, poop, they cover it all They'll discuss everything except football Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. Uh, thanks for being here. And this uh, was an incredibly difficult decision. Uh, without question, the hardest decision that I've had to make or be a part of during my time at the club. This decision was not made just because of a poor result performance on the road this past weekend. Welcome to episode 85 Season 4, Episode 17, if you are counting, of the Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. This is the end of the Geo era. My name is Jonathan, and I am coming to you from Northeast Portland. Hey, I'm Randy. I'm coming to you from Northeast Portland as well, and... I'm Zippy, and I am. In, I also am in Northeast Portland. What? <laughs> Why are we not doing this in person? Shallow. Shallow. What's shallow mean? Like, like uh, actually... Technically, I guess I am in Southeast. <laughs> I'm two blocks from Northeast. I'm 25th in Fremont. Ah, oh, jeez, man. You've ruined the whole podcast, so I quit. Sorry. Um, I live in Selwood, though. Jeez, man. With the notable absence of, of JP, this is like my dream podcast lineup. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll let him know you said that. Yeah, sad but true. Uh, um, we were missing you guys at 3 a.m. on Sunday morning for the World Cup final. Randy. Hey, what are we going to talk about? Well, did you hear we have a new head coach? Geo is out. Yikes. Are our playoff hopes dead too? Um, we're also going to talk about our League's Cup performance, maybe give a little bit of a report card, and then we're going to talk about the Thorns maybe and some Women's World Cup. I am all in on this agenda. Um, and uh, I am, before we jump into it, I just want to say one thing about the Women's World Cup versus it being called the World Cup. And I've found myself in the, the conundrum of do I call it the Women's World Cup? Do I say the Women's National Team? I don't say the Men's National Team and I don't say the Men's World Cup. What is the correct thing? Um, I, I mean, so as someone who was at the women's world cup um i just would tell people i was there for the world cup and everyone seemed to know what i was talking about well because it was happening right there yeah i guess if you were there you wouldn't be like hey i'm here for the men's world cup (laughs) well contextually i think if you say world cup and it's which one is happening right now sure i guess that's fair i i struggle with that i caught myself doing both and i couldn't find um uh, a way to justify either one specifically over the other. So I was just intrigued, and I would. We, we should to hear about your we should stories. start calling uh, everything men's World Cup when it's that time. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. So let's talk about the 
the cat being out of the bag and our our man Geo being out after six years of service to the to the Portland Timbers. And hey, how does that make you feel, Randy? Makes me feel good. I mean, I feel bad for him. I got no personal grudge against Geo, um, but I've been ready for this for a while now for various reasons that we've rehashed so many times. Yeah, I've been I have been waiting for this since about uh this July of 2018. <laughs> Whoa. Come on, really? Oh, Ooh, that's a bold I, statement. I I, I I similar to you, Randy, I have no beef with Geo. I just think he is the most underwhelming presence that has helmed the team thus far in the uh MLS era. I don't, you know, he seems like as a former player once told me, who played under both Porter and Gio, Gio is a really nice guy, not such a great coach. Huh. Conversely, Ooh. Porter, Porter, kind of a dick, pretty great coach. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't, I, I, it's not that he, he just, like, there was no, very uninspired, there was never an identity for the team. It never felt like there was a plan. And I think that the team has reflected that for the last several years. And the luck was in the playoffs. Like that was, uh, it yeah, was I never, mean, it was it, never it, like a, you never felt super confident about anything that was going to happen. And then we hit a playoff run or like a quick run of games where you get some results, but it, it never felt cohesive. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And, and love him or hate him. Um, the only other coach that we had that we won with, Caleb Porter, whether you dislike him or like him, I felt like the team definitely had an identity. There was a style of play, and you you felt that, and so it felt like there was a there was a plan in place hmm. with how we were going to play, the way we were going to set up the team, who we were going to play the ball through, all of these things. And with Gio, it just kind of felt like, and I mean, I think you saw it like in his face, <laughs> like he just was always kind of like, let's, uh, oh shit, this happened. Let's, uh, let's try this. Let's see if this is going to work. So again, I mean, he, he seemed like a very nice dude. Um, As Greg can attest. Just, who, who he, honestly, there were so many games where it felt like I was living in a movie where it was like the guy, like, you know, like somehow the 13 year old switched bodies with like an adult. And then he's like in this position and they're Freaky like, Friday. Yeah. And he's like, Oh fuck, what do I do? And he's like, Oh, let's try this, you know, whackity schmackity do like that's so many matches that felt like that. Um, yeah, I definitely, as opposed to Caleb Porter, I really came to enjoy Gio's, just like crazy substitutions that didn't make any sense versus um, when you say enjoy, what do you mean? I just was like, I enjoyed being surprised by like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like as opposed to Caleb Porter, who you knew was not going to sub anybody on until the 85th minute, no matter what, you, you know, who else that really enjoyed those surprises? Geo. <laughs> <laughs> I, Gio, uh, Gio really enjoyed those too. I don't understand. Um, I, like in Portland, we talk about this. Like everyone's like, "Yeah, hey, it's a small market club. It's a small market team. You can't. Um, we can't like sign the best players, and you know that could be ownership. It could be anything. But 
to me in the end geo is clearly advocating for the players that he received and i mean after like the first two years you get a, an excuse saying like hey it's not my team you know you get like a new team at work and it's like hey i inherited this team i have to get the best performance out of them and then after six years though that's that's your team 100 percent your team and it's not just uh bad performance it's just like bad losses bad culture bad vibes and for me it's like we talked about on the podcast before where it's um you, you the the culture is just awful whether it be the front office or whether it be in the 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 locker room and it like it's clearly giving those results on the field and that like to me was enough the amount of public um disputes with players or a coach's decision and you hear about that stuff and it happens on occasion but it's usually like very rare versus a every other week there's a coach's decision i'm not going to start this player we talked about it on one of our recent episodes and it was like we named off six or seven players in the past two years where there was a public display of not affection and it's like um to me that's a sign that it's time to go and for like for me this is too many results too late. I thought for sure, and this is again, anyone who listens to this podcast and listens to me make predictions knows they're all awfully wrong all the time. <laughs> uh, and I, what I would say is um, I had just uh, predicted that he did well enough in Leagues Cup to where he had enough leash to get through the end of the season, regardless of what happened. Uh, and, you know, coming back in after two, two and a half weeks off and getting blown out five to nothing, with zero passion, it just say, yeah, it's time. We're done. It's over. Uh, I'd like I to go on record as saying that I, I called this correctly. Whatever, Randy. <laughs> I think it's interesting. You, there are two things that you mentioned that I, that I think are interesting because you, you said how, you know, he had the team that he inherited and I have seen plenty of hot takes in, in the last 24 hours of people being who, who are advocating for Gio being like, he did some great things, you know, he made it to MLS a cup twice. And I think that the very first year in 2018, you can't, anyone with a rational mind understands that he did inherit that team. Right. And you can't say that he did that all on his own without Caleb Porter's influence because that team had Caleb Porter's influence all over it. I think he, uh, going back to like, he seems like a very nice guy. And I think he's the kind of coach that wants everyone to like him that wants he wants to make everybody happy and and while i think in life that seems like maybe a nice way to go about handling yourself i don't know that you can do that as a professional sports coach okay to be fair we had two sort of high profile instances with players not getting along with Caleb Porter or being in their his doghouse maybe that's the not the same thing as not getting along with but we had we had Alvis Powell who got sent away to go grow up and we had Aspria who also got sent away to go grow up. And both of those guys came back and were um, super happy to be part of the team, but there was certainly friction there. Caleb Porter is very much a player's coach. Wow. And I think you're going to have disputes. Like there's no, I mean, every year you're like the boss and someone on the team doesn't like the way you're doing it. Like there's going to right. be friction, right? But I think it's in how you handle it. And in the end, I don't think that guys were willing to run through a wall for Geo. And yeah. maybe not everybody was for Caleb Porter. But I think as on a, on a grand level, the percentage of guys, like guys loved playing for him. 
And I mean, you, you saw that because there was tons of dudes that played for him at Akron that then made their way to the Timbers, either because he brought them in or because they wanted to be, you know, I, I think that that says something about the style of coaching. Do we think that Gio was, I mean, was it your guys that used to have the segment or was it more Sonic that used to be, is Gio a good coach? They had sort of like a re- recurring segment about. We, uh, I think both of us did. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, I think we, I mean, like, do you remember how in the beginning he was just like the man with all the platitudes? It just didn't feel, you know, like I remember an early interview and he said, every, I'd like to treat every game like it's a final. Every game is a final. Every game is a final. Like in what fucking world? Yeah, not in a league whether, without relegation. Yeah. yeah, whether you're playing the Seattle Sounders or, or like, the, you know, the shithouse San Jose Earthquakes from a couple of years ago, like every game's a final. Um, do we think, do you think he was maybe outclassed? coming from the cosmos where he was, I think he was in a situation where he was coaching the only team that spent any, any amount of money in 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 (laughs) ASL Um, probably, you know, coaching against teams that were maybe like all like weekend guys (laughs) or whatever. And then he finds himself in MLS inherits a really talented squad, but just wasn't up to the task. I don't think that he, I think the jump, I think the jump from that league to this league, vastly, vastly different with how you have to prepare your team and, and tactically what you have to do. And I don't know that he ever was able to get around that. Yeah. There's to me, there's that. And then the other part of it is again, the, the players at said disposal. And so you jumped back in and said about the, the the cup final run when it was in Atlanta and that was Porter's team, not um, Geo's team. And then there's the COVID cup, which doesn't really count as a, you know, a superstar uh, trophy. I mean, we won, it's a knockout tournament. Congratulations. But I mean, and that's, that's anyone more could or less anything at that point. Yeah, that's true. But that's more or less yeah. open cup ish. It's open cup ish, but it was still weird. And then to make it to the final um, against New York and a lot of that was just two players pulling out all the stops and Blanco owning the entire league. Any podcast you listen to at that point was all about Blanco, Blanco, Blanco. He was scoring crazy goals. Uh, And then uh, Mourinho had an amazing, you know, end of season and playoff as well. And like getting to that point was, uh, again, you're you're playing against other teams that have the financial backing to do really impressive things. And we have spent like, you know, you go back to like the Lucas Milano story where it's five million bucks. And Brian, Brian Fernandez, Brian yeah, I mean, Fernandez. Yeah. yeah. Big money, big names like attempts, but just never the right big name, never the right whatever. And I don't know whose fault that is, but I mean, I have to imagine with um geo at the helm like having some say in those in those decisions and the whole point of this was he's just not up to the same level that other mls coaches are even though he had bits of success they were like it's like a lucky streak versus a a a strong tactic and approach i also don't know i would love to know what the hiring strategy was or or like when they brought geo in what what did that look like like how many people did they interview and who were the people making these decisions in the end? Was it a, you know, like, was there a panel or Gavin, I think that I'm sure it was Gavin. He, well, 
And I think that Merritt being a, I don't know if you guys ever heard this interview, quote unquote, soccer genius, <laughs> uh, as he told Grant Wall. Um, what? What? Are, hold on, back up. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. He told Grant Wall asked him years ago on a, on the uh, Planet Football podcast if he thought he was a soccer genius, and he he said yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think he's probably pretty heavily involved, which I think is going to be really interesting for what the next like. I think, you know, when this all has shades of 2012 to me when we fired John Spencer in July of 2012 after he'd been the coach for like a season and a half and Gavin took over the team for the remainder of the year it was essentially like this like you know the rest the rest of the season basically is going to be a dumpster fire we're phoning it in we're like we've given up white flag for the rest of the season but they also it was very very quickly that they because I think they had been already looking before they got rid of John Spencer. Uh, and they made the announcement about Caleb and he was going to finish out the season at Akron and then he was going to be there the next year. And so we, the team already started implementing, like Caleb was in Ohio, but he was still had his fingers in the pie that was like the Timbers. Uh, and so they were bringing in, they were starting to bring in guys that he wanted to see. They were starting to play the way that he wanted to see. And I th don't think that they have anyone on the like dialed in for to replace Gio. And I also feel like the combination, I think it's going to take a lot longer. The, the league is so much bigger, you know, 29 teams. The cat is essentially out of the bag as far as like the shit show that is the front office. And, and honestly, like working with Merritt Paulson, like that guy is, you know, he's not the kind of owner who's, he, this, he, you're the coach, go for it. Like he is in your ear all the time. He's breathing down your neck. And I don't think, I think the Timbers used to be a team that almost any, anybody would want to coach. And all of these things that have happened in the last few years, I think a lot of coaches, regardless of how yeah. talented they are, are going to have a second thought before they sign up to do that. It, it's going to diminish the talent pool for sure. That was, did you guys watch the Ned Grabovoy uh, presser I think he did it today where like one of the questions that one of the reporters asked was was this a like day of decision meaning like he got you you know you got shellacked five to nothing and he just said straight up no there was no like four sentences of clarifying content uh, he was just like no this has been you know in said in the works. oh interesting and yeah I thought that was super interesting and I wonder if it's in the works, like clearly that game was the the straw that broke the camel's back, but I just don't understand if you were already in uh, deliberation, why would you wait any longer past League's Cup? Like upon exit, why would you just not say, okay, hey, we're done? And then, which also leads me to believe there is potential that they already have someone identified who might step in at the end of the season. And, you know, that does happen where it's like already pre-negotiated. And then when, you know, I don't want to take over this dumpster fire, but I will start fresh next season. Um, I heard... This is okay. I'm going to straight up go to the rumor mill from someone who was at the whiskey library who said they saw someone. This Phil was Neville. maybe four weeks ago that looked like Bob Bradley. And, oh God, um, you shut your mouth right now. I, so I'm, I told you, this is the speculation, total rumor mill. Someone who I know who was at whiskey. Now I have personally seen other Timbers meetings happen at the whiskey library where I saw Gavin Wilkinson and, 
uh, Geo coming down the stairs. And I was like, hope you warmed up my table for me, boys. Uh, and I, uh, I would, I would be very surprised if this decision hasn't already been made. Um, and I would be surprised if, if, if we should make a bet on this right now, Randy, you, what do you think? Is it, is it Bob Bradley? Yes or no? No. I, th- I think it's, I think it's Brad Bobbley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh again Bob all Cat rumor mill, no truth yeah <laughs> so we all agreed that geo had to go he wasn't the right coach for this organization he's not the right fit like again i think you're right in terms of the wants to be your friend i we start a lot of conversations at work when we're getting ready to let someone go where it's like i really like him but, uh, and then you fall into the 47 reasons why it's not the right overall fit and you have to let someone go, but who would be your ideal coach? Zippy first. I'll be honest, man. I don't even know. And, and part of that is I, I feel like MLS has kind of lost me. Like my interest in MLS has plummeted in the last two years. Um, partially because of COVID partially because I, 29 teams is ridiculous it makes it a lot harder to keep up with the league. Have you heard about that guy? What uh, What's his name? Oh, Messi. Did you hear yeah. that he joined the league? I, I did. I did. No. And, and, and I'll be honest. Like, I just don't, I just don't care. Like that, that in and of itself makes me um, less inclined to want to, to engage in the league because it's like such a joke because it's like, he's got Jody Alba's joining. And like this team of this league of parody suddenly this one team has like these guys that are worth, you know, hundred million dollars somehow. <laughs> so three it just, of them. Yeah. 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 That's what I, it's just like, come on. Um, so I don't know. I mean, honestly, I mean, Jesse Marsh, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I saw that online. That's a good one. I'd take him. Yeah. Uh, Phil Neville's available. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Why not? Why not somebody high profile ish? I think we can all dream about that, and then in the end, we're just going to end up with whoever the whoever the most talked about like USL coach has been for the last two years, or Bruce Arena, who's currently under investigation. Yeah, uh, it's like, um, I, I I think you're right. I think our reputation has diminished enough in in the eye of the soccer world. And Zippy, I do believe you are a Spurs fan. Um, Diehard, yeah. I, and it uh, for for me, it's like getting the right coach or a high profile coach at Spurs was so difficult because of Daniel Levy and the reputation yeah. he has. And it's like in this instance, I don't think we're anywhere. We have we have a different type of shitty reputation than Daniel Levy and uh, enough to where I think it will damage potential candidate pools. And uh, I I think we end up with another MLSer, and uh, but I did listen to the the lovely uh, Borisonic, and they told they said that there was rumor of Ka who was uh, yeah, about that, to I, be. I saw that uh, as well, and it, you know, I I think I actually think that that's somewhat exciting from the standpoint that he's a former player for the team. He has gone and former, he was an assistant at podcast. Yeah, he was an assistant in Cincinnati. He then went and joined the Canadian Premier League and took the the um, Victoria team to glory. They won the whole league. He's currently an assistant with Charlotte. I would be more excited to see him than a handful of other players, just because I think 
I think he probably has the same kind of vibe where he is because he's been a former player in such recent past. Like I think players relate to that and they and they get it. They're like, this guy knows, you know, can relate to me like where I'm where I'm currently at, you know, what we're trying to do, those kinds of things. Rand, Randy, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't our interview of Ka because soccer touchdown turned him down and yes. so they would not <laughs> That's true. Him yeah. and we got we got the sloppy yeah. seconds. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, you guys didn't turn him down. It just didn't work out, or for what, didn't something? we link you up? I think you yeah, did. we were yeah, we originally did. supposed said, to do it, and then we yeah. couldn't make it happen. But and we were like, yeah. we can, we know these other guys who'd love to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. By the way, that was a good interview too. It he, was, it was a, I also loved. He was like one of those players that was so crazy. <laughs> like he, it was you, you, he, he played like right on the edge. And it was always like he was like a red card waiting to happen at any moment. And I kind of feel like our team needs a little bit of that injected in into the identity. I can't remember what our original source on this was, but it was uh, Nat Borchers not liking to play against Ka because Ka was grabbing he, nuts in the huddle yeah. on its <laughs> set pieces. Uh, uh, you don't remember the original source, Randy? That's your source. I know, but I can't remember who. I can't remember. You where said you I, talked to his parents. Yes, but I don't Matt think that came from parents. his parents. I did talk to his parents. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to. You know, a lot of time has passed. And I'm trying to imagine why we were you talking about Ka to, to his parents. In, I get yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, um, that's sort of a natural segue, maybe, or uh, to are we. Is this the end? Or is our season? Is there any hope for this season? Are we gonna? No. Or, no, no. We're just gonna give up. No. no. <laughs> if we don't finish in last place, that will be amazing. It would be ironic if we end up still winning the Cascadia Cup, uh, which is certainly a possibility. Everyone who follows the team, that is where they are. Like that is what they are focused on. I um I expected. I did not actually expect Gio to get fired after this game. I expected him to get fired after a poor performance on this weekend. <laughs> you yeah. thought he was going to hold out for one more, one more match. Yeah. I thought they were just going to be like, Oh, it's, it was really hot. You guys let's give him another shot. <laughs> well, wait, and before we talk about the league's cup then. So I think, I think this will be a fun prediction. Uh, do, what do you think the scoreline is going to be this weekend and what formation do you think will be played? And will Moreno be back in the team? That's three questions. Go. Don't know about the formation. He will be back. The score will be two to one. We're going to win, which is different. Had I, I would have made a different predi- prediction. We all, you always see a little bit of a bump after a new coat when a new coach or when a guy gets fired, you typically see a, a bump like that. Unless you're Spurs. <laughs> Apparently all those guys needed to do was get rid of Harry Kane. That was crazy. So That's crazy. A, my Whoa. hilarious. I have this old Munich shirt from like 10 years ago. And, Randy, uh, not to die, not to completely go off base here, but did you watch the Spurs match the other day? It was beautiful. They had like see. the way they are playing now compared to just everyone behind the ball. Oh my God. It was I didn't see the whole beauty. thing, but I was I was like, "What's going on with this team?" Inspired, <laughs> like yeah. controlling the ball, uh, silky smooth. I feel yeah. like the the announcers were sort of like gushing over them too at the whole time, because that's how beautiful yep. 
they were playing. Yeah. Justifiably. It's going to be so funny when uh, Dortmund wins the Bundesliga this year and Spurs win the Premier League. And uh, <laughs> the the moral conundrum I will be in to shame him and celebrate against him, but also be like, damn it, dude, like one more season. But anyway, I, I kind of wonder if he watched that match and was like a little sad. He has to be. He has to be. Um, like, oh, uh, I could have uh, been a part of this. um all right so i'm gonna go i'm gonna say we're gonna play in a four two three one i say Mourinho is gonna get the start uh and i think uh we are gonna win three to one this weekend i think we're gonna play a one six three and uh the old one six three and I have no I I I have no prediction on the scoreline. I do think I do think we will show a little bit more fight, but I just, I don't know, man. I mean, we look so bad. Speaking of looking bad and coaching, I've heard <laughs> people on this uh, podcast even say that uh, Ridgewell should be the the coach. Um, and uh, yeah, how do you how do you uh, give that job to a guy who coached a team to a five zero loss? like that there's no way that he's that that guy it needs at least five more years of assistant coaching i love leon a he's beautiful b beautiful c amazing defender mls cup winner i mean that makes an automatic head coach how many uh how many pairs of thomas royal trunks do you own (laughs) three thousand um (laughs) i do wonder though if the panel for the new the new head coach I like to imagine it's just like this, like someone walks into the room and they're like, okay, first question, show us your crazy eyes. <laughs> and then they just, and then they just hold up like <laughs> the cut out of Geo's eyes and they're like, ah, oh, sorry, not quite crazy enough. Next. You're at a two. We need you at a 14. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, uh, wait, do you, so wait, do you think Mourinho will be back into the lineup? I do. Yeah. As the one or in the six <laughs> is part of that. He, I think he's in the six keeper. Maybe they put. Well, in no, the... no, the one, the yeah, the one is the defender. Right. Yeah. I'll be Dario back there all by himself. <laughs> oh god, oh, man! Of which, did you see Boy. that Instagram story? Yes. yes. But, all right. So my question for all of this is: it is a photo of him in Diron Espria with. Dario looking up and Espria looking down. And was that like direct shit talk to Espria or was that just like him and Espria were there to give it their all and everybody else like didn't do whatever. It was just an odd photo to choose with that type of message. I think it was probably the photo that looked best that had him in it. And he chose that. photo. <laughs> so vanity. I understand. I get I don't, it. I don't um, think it, I don't think it was a, a I mean, Dang it! I watched that whole match. I stuck it stuck through the whole thing, and I can't remember Aspria not trying. So I would I would say that wasn't a, a dig at Aspria. I got to be honest. I am impressed that Dyron Aspria has outlived both Caleb Porter and Gio. <laughs> I know, I know, oh, man. Right? Like he oh. thought, like you'll never see this guy in a Timbers uniform again, even though he's still in contract. And then what? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Talk about being is. Spursy. Dyron Espria has got like Spursy written all over him. You know what I want? Also, what I want to know, like this, the next home match, does Timber Joey get out 
the chainsaw and just saw off like a slice, hold it up and 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 be like, this is. I'm slicing the geo era of Timber's history. Or <laughs> one out for the homies. Like throw it, throw it in a burn pile. <laughs> um, let's uh, get Dario's had a couple real good quotes like that. Um, didn't he recently say he'd like to? What was that game where he said he'd like to lose whatever every day? Lose or that way every game where you're yeah. gonna die on your you're gonna die on your feet yeah. or whatever it was and. I mean, that's talking about like the heart and the culture. He's clearly yeah. trying to create it in said media, but that is definitely directed at fellow teammates. And it's I, I disagree with coworkers. We have spats sometimes and you try to figure it out and you you get through whatever, but I would never publicly shit talk my coworker to like another group of coworkers in in any type of setting. Just because you have to maintain some semblance of um decorum and for him to like multiple times to be that outspoken just goes to show again, we made the right decision that like, you know, he feels empowered enough to talk shit about his teammates publicly um, and like was still starting every game. But yeah, sorry. I completely derailed whatever that point was. I got so excited. Just love having that guy, a guy like that on the team. It's almost like he's got writers from a show writing. You know what I mean? Like he's almost a caricature of, of that type of character. Well, why don't we we talk very briefly about the the league's cup and uh, Randy? Um, you have these notes here. Like, how would you grade the Timbers' performance? I would give us I would give us a good solid B plus. Uh, I don't think we ever got outclassed. I think we had some adverse situations, people making a couple dumb decisions as far as the red card goes, and 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 really honestly. It sounds like a an excuse, but some really bad refing had it been competent, we would have seen you know guys handballs called, guys getting red cards, uh, people different outcomes, and and I'm mostly talking about this in context of having played other international teams in CCL in the past. Uh, you always feel like okay, well we can sort of roll over maybe these countries these teams from real small countries but you know anytime you came up against a a bigger team you're always like oh well you know like it's been fun while it lasted let's cross our fingers and see what happens um and this time i feel like uh man we were right there with those guys um and we could we i feel like we could have won both of those games i did not watch every match so i don't feel that i have a right to comment (laughs) (laughs) it was I would give ourselves a B or a B plus. I think we played way better than anyone expected. I think the Liga Emekis teams were obviously not as further along in their season. Uh, it's kind of the same issue we have when it was CCL in the past and uh, where it's like we're starting right out of the off season and they've already been in full swing. So, uh, but I agree. I mean, when we played Club America, it was, I was like, as long as we don't lose 14 to two, I think I'll be satisfied uh, with the score line. And we were, we moved right along in these matches. They were, they were good. We, we belonged. It, we weren't laughed off the pitch. The officiating was awful in fairness to both sides. Um, yeah. And uh, I, we made it, we had without question the hardest um, uh, draw. Uh, and then, I mean, obviously beating San Jose is not a huge deal, but 
to go from Monterey to um, I'm going to already forget the team names, but like we, there was, even if we had gotten out of the next round, we were playing the next powerhouse from the uh, Liga Emekis. And it's just like, you can't in the season we're having right now, if this was like a cup run season, maybe it'd be a different story where like, you know, we kick it on in uh, the summertime and start doing some crazy things. But uh, I just, yeah. And the other question I have is as a tournament, I really liked League's Cup. I'm so bored with MLS. Um, and I talk about it all the time where it's like, I hate playing Colorado. Like, who cares? It's not exciting. Um, and uh, like, I'm going to watch. I'm going to go if it's at home. Because, I, I mean, I have tickets and blah, blah, blah. But it's way more fun to see like international competitions and to compete for those spots. And that, to me, is worth it. And I watched most of league's cup of most teams. And of course I was following all the messy stuff as it was happening. But um, like if I was going to rate the tournament based on what I thought it was going to be, like my earlier projection was maybe a D cause it's going to be stupid. And then I was hooked. I watched a good chunk of it um, and I am looking forward to it again for next year. Do you think part of your enjoyment had the fact had to do with the fact that MLS teams were doing so well? I think it was more exciting than seeing CCL. Uh, but again, like keeping into account that we're playing all these games in MLS stadiums, there's no away crowds that well, I mean, like still there are away crowds, but it's not the same as going to play in Mexico city uh, as it is playing, you know, in Portland. And so it's certainly favorable and it was cool to see MLS teams do so well. I was surprised by how many MLS teams were like in the quote unquote final four, I know Zippy said you're not excited about Messi, and I think it's all screwed up in terms of the rules that are uh, that are being bent to let him come. But it was exciting to watch. Hey, hey, um, hey him play. Miami has a proven track re- record of adhering to the various <laughs> rules and regulations <laughs> of salary. They were sanctioned for like they couldn't transfer players. They had to get rid of a DP that they lied about, and it's like they're paying all these people in some super shady way. And everyone's like, "That's uh, cool." Cocaine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like cocaine would be how they're paying. Yeah. Do you yeah. think? L- do you think LAFC is like, "Hey, man, I thought that this is our deal. <laughs> like, it's, this is that's not fair." Yeah, who is the outspoken coach from Philadelphia? Because he talked a little bit of shit Jim, in the Jim in the press. Yeah, where he was something about, you know, oh, yeah, it'd be really cool when all the play when all the teams can get like a messy or there are no rules to sign players. And I as much of that guy as a D bag, it's at least fun when he says something that's correct in the press. Uh, You don't like Jim Curtin? I'm not opposed to Jim Curtin. Like, I can't remember the exact quote of what he said uh, recently where he's like, he's talking about the coach of of the union, right? Yeah, he's a he's a shit talker in a way that it's like um he said like mls is the the next best league outside of the premier league or something i'm paraphrasing something i don't remember appropriately but it like it doesn't matter the point was he's a little bit too cocky and arrogant for said standing in in the game but um i mean in this instance saying like how like he talked smack about lafc when they signed bale and cellini and like how are they making that work? Like in what instance is, are the salary cap rules allowing that to happen? And then again, for Miami to have a full team of highly paid players to then be able to sign Barcelona from three years ago, uh, or at least three people like it's, it's absurd. And he's absolutely right. But it was fun to watch Leo Messi cut up MLS um, and Liga Emekis with some, 
fancy play and uh, he did say he was willing to play on on turf uh if i if i re- read that interview. yeah I, I read that he said he could adapt he played it in his lower league games in turf and so he would he would adapt um yeah i would i <laughs> for those not here zippy is smiling and nodding and but like more of a smirking <laughs> we'll see i think Messi is great i love him uh i don't like him coming to this league was not about making the league better it was about Don Garber wanting to basically squeeze more money out of, like, it's not about the fan experience. It's not about, you know, it's, so that's where I have the issue. Like the fact that tickets, tickets, like what fucking quadrupled as soon as they, they sign him for like every match that Miami away, like it just, I mean, come on. That's secondary market, but, but doesn't, doesn't that. uh, I, I believe that Miami themselves though, like, tripled oh, really? the price of their home tickets like you well, could you know, get you know n- nosebleeds for for cheap and then they went to like 300 dollars or something like that just because you can i mean the fact that there's no transparency in these deals feeds into why i've i've essentially lost interest in mls because it just feels like it's the wild wild west of there's no you know it's just kind of like the legitimacy, I think, has been even heavily more placed into question by the things that our commissioner have done. Um, here's what I like about Messi. <laughs> he, uh, I like that he said he would he can pl- he'll play on turf. Um, I like that we I was questioning what was going on when he was going up to get his trophy to you know to do the trophy race ceremony and he and he made some handed off away. the hit the. Yeah, he but, brought in Yedlin. I thought that yeah. was a pretty classy move. Yeah, I didn't understand. The former why. captain of the team. Yeah, that's yeah. why he did it. I thought he should. I, first, I was like, well, if anybody should be up there, it should be the keeper that kept them in the game. But yeah, that makes sense. Yedlin, the former captain, um, and he just seems like the polar opposite of a guy like uh, Ronaldo. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. What a pile of shit. <laughs> He's going Seriously. out of his way. I mean, I don't even, maybe it just comes naturally, but he goes out of his way just to be a normal human being during all this. So I like that about him. Uh, I would have liked to have seen um, Nashville win that match. Uh, actually, the the final that I wanted to see was Miami and, and Monterey um, once it got to those four. But um, since that didn't happen, I would have liked to have seen Nashville win that match. He didn't win that game for them, really. He kept them in it. But he didn't, you know. Hey, he's a huge reason why they were in said game. That's true. Uh, that's would, true. Uh, it's like you look at Blanco for our MLS Cup run when we lost New York. It's like he didn't. He wasn't amazing on the field in terms of like specific like goals, goals, goals. But the reason we were there was because of him. And um, I'm sorry, you were. There's one dig where we just had on Ronaldo where I have to say this is like you will not see Ronaldo at a Publix in Florida buying like Cocoa Krispies <laughs> with his kids. <laughs> Messi just hanging out, getting like a turkey sandwich. Uh, like that's, yeah, I'll take him over Ronaldo any uh, any day of the week. But um, yeah, so wait, so how would you rate League's Cup, Randy? Like, what was your thought? Because I remember, if I recall correctly, you didn't, you were not a fan of the idea. No, I thought it was dumb. I thought it was stupid as well. I thought it was just a, a giant, I thought waste of time and interruption of the whole season. And it turns out it I like the, I like that whole thing much more than I like the regular season. Uh, I think it's going to have some, uh, I think we're going to have international rivalry rivalries now. Um, 
man, I can't remember. I used to be really mad about some team from one of our, like our 2014 CCL matches. Um, and I can't even remember who they are now because we, you know, because like five years went by and we never saw them again. But I think we're going to have, is this is going to help um, breed some international rivalries. Um, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. I would, I'd give it an A. Zippy, I think, is a, a decided I, again. D. <laughs> I don't feel like I have enough information to make an informed conclusion. <laughs> well, all you got to all you, all you need to know is wait. Well, you're right. What am I saying? I'm a, I'm like a hetero middle aged white male. Let me just talk with some confidence <laughs> yeah. about something I don't know. I'm all giving it a to, C. All you need to know is you're playing teams that you never play in the regular. Yeah, season. I know that. I know the concept. I just didn't watch. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't actively viewing all of the matches, so okay. I find it right. difficult to to step in with an opinion because my opinion is basically being pulled out of my ass. I guess that brings us to matches You're that the you right were, podcast. You <laughs> <laughs> matches that you were watching. Yeah. How was the, the thunder from down under? Uh it was amazing. I mean, it was mostly amazing. Uh I, so yeah, I, I was at the world cup. I was able to get on, I work as a cinematographer. I was able to get on these two shoots that one was in uh, Australia, the other in Fiji. So that took about two weeks. And then I stuck around for a couple of weeks to go to matches. Um, and I was watching like every, every single, I, I love world cup, be it men's women's. Um, I can, cons- I consume as many of the matches as humanly possible. Were you there working on World Cup related projects or just No. These were not World Cup related at oh, all. Oh wow. Um did you I'm I'm sure I mean when Rocky went to the World Cup he went to like 50 games. <laughs> they just uh, they Rocky. kept him they kept him caged up in his in in that uh, container box and they would let him out to go to a match and then put him back in. Yeah. I mean so the I had uh, tickets. I bought all my tickets. They were to after the group stage, so I had no idea who was going to be playing um, at the time. And it was really exciting for me uh, because I love the Matildas, the Australian team. They have several former Thorns. I think six former Thorns on their team. And so I, I like I was supporting them already. And then after the U S was knocked out, they kind of just became being that you're in Australia, the host country. It was so cool. Um, I got to see Australia play Denmark. I got to see them play France and I saw them play England. They were three of the four matches. I, I just uh, happened to have gotten to see England's uh, the match that which, they got knocked one? out. Yeah. I thought, yeah. man, I was rooting hard for those guys on that match. And it seems like they, they played better most of the time. And, but then you get in that position where you're chasing the game desperate to, to make something happen and you leave yourself open. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the goal by Sam Kerr to equalize was unbelievable. Um, I think it actually, they were saying, I was seeing some data that it was the furthest strike. It was the, it was the goal scored in the tournament that was from the furthest away. And it was like perfectly placed, just like zigzagged, beat the defender from, you know, 20, 30 yards out. It was un- and like being there in the stadium in Australia, so loud and so many people. And I know that it did a lot for the country as far as investing in women's sports. Um, 
uh, oddly, I had this woman that I met in Cuba in 2017 who writes a blog all about women in sport down there. And she, at the time, uh, we had the Portland Thorns had Haley Razzo, Caitlin Ford, Ellie Carpenter on the team. And um, we hit it off and we stayed in contact. And so I actually went to a couple of matches with her while I was down there and she was just like blown away at the support. And, you know, the whole country was just like losing their minds at the possibility of the Matildas winning the World Cup. How did they do that in, in, when the stadiums were built by people that didn't die? I know. I mean, does it even really count as a World Cup if if no slaves died building these stadiums? <laughs> I'm sure they did at some point uh, in Australia. Yeah. I don't know how new those stadiums are. Uh, I have to always self-justify my attendance of the Men's World Cup in Doha by finding other reasons to talk about other countries and their crimes against humanity. The stadiums in Sydney that they used, one of them was from uh, the Olympics back in the, you know, a decade or so ago, the early 2000s, I think. So I don't know that those were built by slaves, but uh, yeah, it was the the only the only real downside. And I mean, this is strictly just a FIFA thing was the in-stadium experience was horrific. Um, no what replays. What? No replays. Uh, if you got a goal, you got a replay. But, you know. What were they showing on the screens? Graphics galore. Uh, at one point when we were attending the, uh, you know, we got there like an hour and a half early for the Denmark versus um, Australia match. And at that same time, France was playing. And so basically whoever won France's match and whoever won this Australia versus Denmark match were going to play each other in the next leg of the tournament. I was like, surely they'll have the France match on. Because it's like, we're all getting there early. This match, you know, whoever wins this match is going to play the winner of that match. They didn't, no, no dice. Oh, right. It was just like... They had some instance with the streaming rights. I saw some stuff like that where they had something up at one stadium and then then it stopped. I was like, if you'd like to watch this, go to one of our streaming platforms. They had a DJ in the stadium who was like playing music and they were cutting to them. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this shitty music you're playing. How about you put this other match on for this integral tournament that I'm here, that I traveled? You think that's FIFA or do you th- think that's the stadium staff? At I think that's FIFA. No, no, I don't yeah. think that's the staff. I think that's all FIFA. The other thing is every single stadium had one, one, one beer, one style. One brand, Great Northern Super Crisp. And let me tell you, friends. <laughs> Sounds good, man. It was neither great nor super nor crisp. <laughs> it was like was it, PBR. Was it northern? It, it, it's made in the north. It was like if PBR drank itself and then took a piss and then they bottled that. It was so bad. <laughs> so, uh, so on the, the wine... He, I mean, it was just like you—you yeah. you have all. It's it just mind blowing. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's plenty. Of, there's plenty of stuff at Providence Park about the in-stadium experience that drives me crazy, but I expected going to good. a FIFA World Cup. I was like, oh, this is gonna blow this out of the water. Did and they? Um, for the, it was. I had to ask. Horrific. VAR in the men's World Cup in Doha. So when they were checking something again, same thing, not showing replays uh, in the stadium, unless it was a goal. And then when they were showing like what the actual referee's decision was in a VAR type of scenario, it was a really awful cartoon image of like 
two players <laughs> and a ball. And I'm going, I'm like, this can't be real. Um, or someone like something must have broken to where they have to do it this way. And they can't show like the real time, whatever. But uh, was it the same? Did you have anything for like VAR reviews or like potential offside or? Let's go there to was the lobby, n- guys. The, the yeah, hot, so the dancing uh, hot as dog. many <laughs> as many VAR decisions as there were in this World Cup, n- none happened in any of the matches that I no attended. Kidding. Uh, hmm. The the I mean the 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 game against France was the most intense because it's the one that went to like ten rounds, eleven rounds of of PKs, and I mean it was just like. It was so loud when when France would get up to kick, the stadium was going nuts. And then whenever Australia would get up to kick, it was just like you could hear a pin drop. Everyone was so quiet. But there was no there was no VAR decisions in the stadium that I experienced. But they would let you know, you know, they would they would for sure let you know how where the, like it was just like graphics galore, possession. Uh, places of entry in the final third, like all these things. But it's it's like just can you just show me like. Not even not even plays where it was like controversial the call, but you, you, you like a corner and and somebody has a potential header. It's like sh- show me something. I can't think of a valid reason for doing that. I can't think of the motivation behind that decision. Well, and you know that they have eight thousand camera angles because they're showing them to you at home. Yeah. <laughs> like... huh. Um, ticket prices. Ticket prices were fine. Yeah, it was, was great. It, was it because um, it was Australian and and you're? No, I uh, I mean the the exchange rate was definitely in my favor. Um, but even even without that, uh, I think I paid the the semifinal match that I saw the last one of uh, England versus Australia. I think my ticket was a hundred dollars, and oh, wow. I was. I was in like the I was like thirty rows back from near center pitch. How many great was it Great Northern? Did that come with free Great Northern super? No discs? free Great Northern. They have this thing though, um, and I know they have it in in the UK as well. It's called hospitality. They're more expensive tickets, but it's like they bring you the food. Keybank. They bring you. It's so called it's like Keybank. You want, you, well. In in our stadium, it's called Key Bank, but I feel like the Key Bank is different because like, you, it's like a buffet. Like this is like uh, they have people yeah. bringing you the shitty beer. Oh, side of the you. bitch, then yeah. Um, and I don't know how much those were, but I mean, most of the matches I had great. I had I felt like I had I didn't have bad seats ever, and you know they were like thirty, thirty bucks for like tw- I think twenty five actually the first match I went to. And I was, it was an obstructed view, but it was just like, I could see just fine. It's just yeah, guys that in was, hats. <clears throat> we did hospitality in the, in Doha, but uh, they, you could not drink beer in the stands, mm-hmm. but they had private clubs inside the yeah. stadiums for hospitality where it was, um, we actually had a nice display of beer of we had bud light uh we had corona uh, well, all that I, after after allegedly that whole beer fiasco thing where they weren't gonna they i mean again you can get drunk in doha anywhere you want to there are tons like in downtown like there are tons of western hotels that serve every cocktail through the roof like you can get booze it was just like 
inviting the 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 soccer community there to get them drunk at soccer games and then unleashing them into like public transport was not their idea of a good time and i mean again it showed that fifa did not have control of the world cup which you know we were watching it play out in real time but i drank at the games like i drank at the stadiums i just couldn't drink in general population with my fancy hospitality seats and we do we do hospitality everywhere i go like if i'm going i am going because i want to watch the game and i want to have a good time while i watch the game so like when we did spurs last year uh did hospitality we'll do that again this year we're going to go see them against liverpool in september uh even saint Pauli in hamburg i'm like i know it's kind of weird to think getting hospitality tickets at like a left-wing anarchist club but it's going to be a good time and i will drink champagne while i am there um and then when i got uh we're getting tickets for roma when we're going to be um based for the rome parts of the trip and same thing like it's not sometimes it's super expensive but to me like i'm there to get the whole experience and it's a, not like a buying season tickets of hospitality and key bank uh booze is not included you still have to pay for it unless you get the field seats in which case you just have this qr code which encourages you to uh just continue to order everything and like when you're on your fourth pack of skittles and third pack of reese's pieces and six beers in it's time for you to go home uh generally speaking hey uh speaking of the local experience uh did you go see any music or anything while you were there zippy I did see some live music, but it was not. Did you see my I favorite band, The Hard Ons? I, you know, I think I'll that they they were flaccid while I was there. Uh. Um, they, I think, I I saw some band play, but I have no idea who they were. They just happened to be, um, at the, at the pub that I was at in Brisbane. Um, I got to see a good amount of the country. I was in Sydney multiple times, and then uh, Byron Bay, the Gold Coast. Brisbane and then and then back and forth to Sydney multiple times. Brisbane was um an amazing place. It reminded me a lot of Portland. Uh River City, a lot of live music, art, uh a really cool section called the West End that felt very artsy. Uh I really enjoyed it there. Got myself a Brizzy Roar jersey while I was in town. I couldn't believe how hard that was to find to track down. Like uh I was like, oh, yeah, this will be easy to find. It's their local team. But uh, shockingly, um, soccer, football is not – when you say football in Australia, they think you mean Aussie rules football. Yeah, yeah. Which is and, also uh, awesome. Did you – I would love to go I, I watched watch it on TV, I, but I didn't attend, attend one. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just cool to, to be there. The I will say that in Brisbane and Sydney, they had these things called the – the fan zone and it was set up uh only in host cities and they would you know they had carts they had multiple food options multiple beer options they would have like a fifa store but they had a huge screen and they basically played all the matches so and it was free to get in so you could just go on you know if like there were matches happening not in the city that you were going there to see matches at and that was a really enjoyable experience what can one find at the FIFA store? Like uh, yellow yeah, cards. So that's one of my other complaints is money, money the, bags for hiding. Like, you know, the, the FIFA money. stores, the fee, the merchandise at the FIFA stores was ridiculously overpriced, but then also you would see something. I saw the very first match that I attended was Netherlands versus South Africa. And they're, they're in the stadium in Sydney. And so there was this FIFA store. I went and I saw this, uh, I saw something that I wanted. 
And I was like, oh, I'll pick that up at the next match for my kiddos. And then I never saw it again. But the thing was, like, you'd ask people, like, nobody, nobody seemed like there was no information shared. So I'd be like, hey, where, I'm looking for this. And people at in the other FIFA stores would be like, oh, I, I haven't, I don't even know what that is. And I'm like, well, it's weird because you have this video playing out here that for marketing that literally this guy is wearing what I'm looking for in the video, but you don't know what I'm talking about. Like nobody, same in the stadiums. You'd be like, Hey, where's the, where's the merchandise? Like, can you point me to the FIFA store in here? Oh yeah. I don't, I don't know where that is. It's like, you're working in the stadium has nobody. I, th this is the same thing that I run into at Providence park that drives me insane where you are like, Hey, I'm looking, I saw somebody with a stout. Can you tell me where I can, what, what stand can I go get this at? Oh, I don't know how yeah. the fuck are you working in the stadium and they haven't told giving shared the information with you sounds like you're just hung up on consumerism man yeah <laughs> <laughs> we at the at the men's same thing fan zone existed and it was funny because that was one area where you could go buy booze and again all yeah. games on tv and uh it was the line the only reason that you would go to the fan zone and the doha one because it was ungodly hot outside would be to go buy booze and drink it and watch other teams. But the line yeah. there was absolutely absurd. They overfilled it on the first day. They started sending out messages through the uh, ticketing app saying like, please do not go to the fan zone. Uh, you will be turned away because so many people are in there. There was a giant FIFA store, that same kind of a thing where it's like, you would figure if they have matches on for these specific teams, like I would have loved to have grabbed the Morocco shirt while I was there. And then it's like they were doing well. And like we're in the fan zone during Morocco a match. You'd figure they would have those shirts front and center, like go buy one. And uh, nope, it was it. It's really weird it, to see how unorganized it was. It was interesting at the actual matches, though, they would have separate FIFA stores set up. So like Australia versus England, they had one stand that was just Australia stuff. And then uh, one that was just yeah. England stuff. Australia versus France, same thing outside the stadium but yeah it was it just didn't fe it feels like maybe a little bit if it was a little better organized you know or empower the employees to have the knowledge of what the product is that you're carrying that would be yeah. cool yeah i can't wait for it to be in the u.s it's gonna be awesome but i i have to ask one they more world cup question well, they what's what? that they i don't think they've actually announced where um where the next women's world cup is going to be there. There is I not a, uh, I heard it was the U S but I could be just crazy. Well, the men's, I know the men's is, is shared. There is a bid, I believe f similarly for the, for the women's world cup where it will be, uh, Canada, the U S Mexico, but I don't believe that it's been awarded. I think that there's actually one as well for like Germany, Netherlands and, some other country to jointly host the next women's world cup as well. Hmm. You, you had a question, okay. Jonathan. This was just actually about the U S women's national team and uh, their lackluster overall performance. And a lot of my friends have been saying to me like, Hey, you know, I've never really followed women's soccer. What's the deal. We're supposed to be the dominant players and, you know, do everything. And my personal reflection on it was, that when the U.S. women's national team were so dominant over the years is we were the country that invested most heavily into our national team. 
Whereas I felt like other federations specifically did not, or they didn't have the funding to do so. And as seeing the, the game grow, they obviously have started to do that. And that's probably happened over the past eight years. And that I feel like the, like the competitive pool of teams, I, like I had to look at the scores really quick. So when we played Vietnam and we won three to nothing, probably could have won five to nothing. Our first match. Yep. Yeah. And in, in the tournament. Yeah, and watching that one again, Sophia Smith, wish she was a Timbers player, but that's a different story. Um, and uh, but I feel like eight years ago we would have won that match fifteen to nothing, not three to nothing. And I feel like that uh, was kind of a, a a wake up call to us. Again, then it was USA Netherlands one one, USA Portugal zero zero, and then USA Sweden zero zero. Um, and so we, uh, I mean, I. I feel like every other nation has figured out how to invest and get the right tactics in play. And so it's not going to be a cakewalk from here on out where it's like, we're the the favorites to win the world cup and we don't even, you know, make it anywhere near where we should have, where I read that one article where it was saying uh, they set the schedule based on the U S advancing to the final to where they were going to try to get as many games on during U S hours where people could watch it. And then uh, when we went and played Sweden, it was on, I forget like a what crazy ass time in the morning, uh, but because we didn't win the group. So like Zippy, like I know you follow uh, this quite a bit and I would love your perspective because that was my uh, uneducated white man's ass grab response of um, this, this makes sense. Yeah, I think you have a couple different factors that pl- were at play here. Uh, a... Vlatko is the geo of of international <laughs> coaches. Thank you. Coaching was uh, not good. He he played many players out of position, and um, I mean Julie Ertz was playing center back for fuck's sake. The fact that she was even on the team, in my opinion, was a bad decision considering that she hadn't played in two years. Um, you so not not tactically. Uh, he did not tactically adapt. It was just kind of like, similarly, if you watch those matches, he is a coach who just sat on the bench most of the time. You know, he's not up, he's not passionate, he's not inspiring. I think rather than trying to see the players that he had, rather than trying to use the tools that you have and be like, these are the tools that I have, I'm going to deploy these to the best of these tools' ability. It was, I'm going to force these tools into into how I want them to be used. So his style of play, kind of boring. And not and I don't think like you have you you have these players who can do these things, but you're not using them in their to the best of their ability. Uh as you mentioned, I think there's a lot of other countries that have invested in the last eight years and that gap of of like our dominance has shrunk immensely. And I think it's only going to get worse because other, you know, countries like Spain, England, even Sweden, I mean, Sweden has in, invested in the women's game early, early on. Uh, they have been, they've, they've become essentially like a pretty big rival to the U.S. women's national team. Remember when these countries, called, told, told everyone they played like cowards? Yeah, that was, well, that was, she, she, that was Pia Sunhaga, who is Swedish, who was Previously to that, the U.S. Women's National coach, and then went on to coach Sweden. And then Pia Sunhaga's response was, "If you win, it's it's not, 
you're not a cat, you know, it's not yeah. cowardly if you win. Anyway, th you have all these other countries that have academies, right? In their domestic clubs or their domestic teams. So, you know, in the US, the the format is you go to college for the four and and not that like college soccer is fine, but you're you, our players, if you look at where our players peak age-wise, they tend to be much older than a lot of these other international teams who have players kind of coming online. I mean, did you watch the the Spanish? Did you watch the final? Yeah. And yeah. see the 18 year old. Who, I mean, she's, <laughs> I'm, it's, yeah. or she's, I think she's 19. Unbelievable. She's not even commit. She only recently in the last year committed to playing soccer full time. I mean, it's just like these other countries. And I think that this world cup in particular, cause I mean, it, it, the, the level of exposure and how much money it brought in for FIFA. I mean, it was the, it, it was hands down like the biggest women's world cup that's existed thus far. And I think you're going to see even countries like the African countries, this, this go around, you know, you had three African countries that made it out of the group stage. That's the first time that's ever happened. And I think, and these are countries that have had no investment from their federations. And now like, you know, I think what it equals is these countries see like, oh shit, we can make money. Like we should be pumping money into these our the federations are like we should be investing here because you, this you think, is going to actually pay dividends you think this is the the biggest women's world cup so far because uh, i but yeah kind of, oh I, I thought they kind financially of the ball market financially it. for fifa hands down okay i mean the the exposure that like this was this was like the most viewed right. women's world cup that there has been my maybe it's because or maybe it was because I was so wrapped up in watching League's Cup that uh, I felt that it was not being marketed towards me, soccer fan. Like, it was hard to find stuff about what was going on. Yeah, I think part of that was because the U.S. shit the bed and you live in America. Well, even, yeah, well, even while I was watching the games, though. Um, I guess to get back on topic with that, coach, everybody's complaining about the... Um, the women's team about the u.s team how are we going to talk about this uh the u.s women's national team super super talented team and and I th to jonathan's point i think a huge part of it is that a lot of these countries caught up a little bit faster than we thought and we had a uninspired coach who just and 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 a a sort of a marketing and media push behind these guys as being super dominant dominant and i believe they all just kind of thought, well, it's going to be difficult, but we're just going to be able, you know, when it comes down to it, we're better than everybody and we're going to be able to force our way through. Um, and they never really I, quite gelled. I think, you know, there's the one other thing, which is the wokeness. <laughs> yes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't think I don't think that's, to do it. that's not even a real oh, thing. Shit. That's like a war on jealousy. That uh, was so but, funny, though. That was so funny. The wokeness, so man. I tell you, man, this is what happens when you let politics get involved with sports. Uh, no, but I think that in the future, you know, we we you brought up a good point earlier, Jonathan, where we are used to the U.S. just destroying other teams. You know, thirteen to nothing teams like vietnam five nothing you know six one whatever i think that the day i do think that the u.s is going to you know that vlatko resigned they fired him i'm really excited to see who the next coach is going to be i really hope it's Geo. laura harvey it's be Geo. 
I, you know, Vlatko 2.0, Vlatko 2.0. Uh, oh, it's. I, I think it's going to be. I think they're going to write the ship in the next few years. Like it, there's, you know, going to be huge. Everything's going to be put under a microscope. I do think that the U.S. will still be in the hunt the next go around, but I don't. I think the days of like seeing the U.S. women's national team just completely destroy other teams. I think that that is gone. I, I, you yeah. know, I had to look just really quick because I was like, I made that random statement, but it was real. It was the Women's World Cup in 2019 when the US beat Thailand 13 to nothing. Yeah. And that is, I think it's, that's gone. And I like at this point, I mean, I don't even know if we can maintain a number one ranking uh, in terms of national teams across. Well, there's like some weird algorithm that they use for that, that, you know, doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I I think it's like a super exciting time for women's soccer. I mean, it would like, you know, I, I, I know I've told you that I've lost interest in the MLS, but man, I watch every single NWSL match. And, and part of that is because of how interested it, interesting it is because there's 12 teams. It's going to be 14 next year. But I feel like I know almost every single player. And you know, it's like, it feels like MLS, like, you know, 10 years ago. Plus, is that how you're watching yep. these? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then they show some of them on CBS. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a far cry from watching the same six t- teams play each other eight times a season or whatever it was before. It's not as bad as that. Um, but, I mean, it is exciting. I mean, there's like... I mean, sorry, maybe we can naturally segue to the Thorns match the other night. I don't know if yeah, you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. watched this unbelievable, you know, we, we talk, we've talked a lot of shit about Gio and how he's tactically inept. The coach of the Thorns, Mike Norris. So the other night, the Thorns are playing, and I would argue that this is their biggest rival, the North Carolina Courage. Uh you know, everyone likes to think it's Seattle, but North Carolina is the team that I, to, even to this day, I, I hate them. There's, there's, I, most of the other teams in the league, like, I, if they're not playing the Thorns, I like, you know, I really like the Chicago Red Stars. They have been terrible this year. Uh, Gotham is a team that I really like because of, uh, they have so many former Thorns and I just really love, like, their style of play and, and seeing them do well. How, how can you hate Olympia? Olympia? Yeah, the Olympia rain. <laughs> the Olympia. Oh, uh, Okay, Dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got an old joke. I'll take oh. it. Good job. Yeah. Uh, so get off my playing, podcast right now. They're, they're playing the the North Carolina Courage, who are one point ahead of them in the standings in first place. They are in second place. It's the first game back. Sophia Smith uh, is on the bench. She didn't start, but she's coming back. Since first game since the World Cup, and it's the seventeenth minute, Kelly Hubley takes. Uh, I don't know who it was streaking in for North Carolina. takes takes a player down in the box from behind. Initially, it's called a PK. Then they call it the ref. He VARs it, goes and looks at it, calls the PK back. No PK, but. It's a dogzo, denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Kelly Hubley, straight red. Like five minutes later, Tyler Lucy, former Thorn, from a free kick right outside the box, scores. They're down 1-0. They're down, they're down a player, and they're down 1-0. Mike Norris subs out Christine Sinclair, 
because I mean, while she's great, she's we're down a player and she's not exactly a box to box player these days with the 35 year old legs. And I mean, the team just like knuckles down, man. And Sam Coffey is bossing shit in the middle of the park. And in the 41st minute, Hannah Bedford, who's been basically playing up top while Sophia Smith's been gone, an amazing ball played in from Moultrie over the top. Hannah Bedford ties it up and they go into halftime tied 1-1 down, you know, again, down a player, down from the 17th minute. That's like incredible. And then they come back and Sophia Smith subs in in like the 62nd minute and goes and Morgan Weaver, they kind of streak down. She plays this beautiful ball across. Sophia Smith scores. I mean, they basically won, they won the match. And then that puts them two points ahead. They're now in first place. But it was just like, it felt like the exact antithesis of what you get with the Thor or with the Timbers match. I mean, it was just like, how demoralizing is that for North Carolina? Like he, to come in, yeah. you're like, oh man, we're up a player. We got this. We're up a goal. Like all we got to do is play defense. And then to still lose, it was unbelievable. And you had to imagine they had a chip on their shoulder too, being able to do that away in their in our house, as it were, um, and then just having it. Yeah, they so they just announced this week that the final is going to be um, November 11th in San Diego. Okay, let's talk about this for a while. We talked about it a little bit um, last year. I don't know why they're having finals in in neutral locations. Uh, I think I think they've always done that. that. Why are they doing it at this point? They, um, I think it was before is because they didn't have, maybe they didn't have a lot of attendance to go to. I'm not exactly sure, but well, should, you know, it's be, a, go ahead. Yeah, they they in the past they have announced it a lot sooner. Like where, you know, like where it would be. And there have, you know, the Thorns, I think in, was it 2018, 2019? It was in Portland. They had announced that it was in Portland. And then the Thorns made it to the final against North Carolina and lost. Right. Uh, I think that that was 2018. And so it's like, you know, it's not necessarily new. It's only, it's, the whole idea is to have it at a different place, right, I believe, right. every year, um, regardless of who is playing in the final. I'm saying that it's a bad idea and it should be. I stopped. don't actually mind it. Um, I, you know, I went to the final in 2017 in Orlando, uh, when, which the Thorns also beat North Carolina to, to win the championship. And it was cool. Like it, you know, it would, I think it's like there's no real home field advantage. Um, it's just kind of experience another city. And with these other two, you know, Kansas City is building a stadium right now specifically for the current, their end of the yeah, yeah, team. They're yeah. going to have their yeah, own dedicated that. stadium. That's pretty and exciting. And I, th I think it's like, I think that the movement is just going to continue to grow. And I, th it's similar to, to MLS, you know, like I love going to away days. And I think that's just going to extend to the NWSL because like, you know, for a few years there, there where the t the league contracted, and you were like, "Shit, is the league even going to hold on?" And most of these teams were playing in stadiums that were subpar or just the the MLS affiliate kind of adjacent stadium. And so, I, I I don't know, man. I'm into it. It does it doesn't bother me. That's that is not a gripe that I have because <laughs> I'm a person with a lot of gripes. That is not one of them. What's your number one NWSL gripe? I do wish the stream was better. 
on Paramount Plus. I mean, the other night, so for instance, I was not at the match. I was watching at home. I literally had just gotten home from Australia, uh, or you know, like the day before, and the stream just cut out for like ten minutes, and so. It was literally Kelly Hubley took, you know, took the player down. You see the ref point, and I'm like, oh, shit. And then, like, the stream goes out. <laughs> so you're just like, what is happening? What's going on? And I use an app called Forzo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this app. But it basically, uh, Jonathan, you should, because, you know, I have teams in all the leagues around the world. And it lets you just follow whatever team, whatever player you want. And you just basically get notifications. Whenever like the four zone or four zone four zone. Uh, and so that was how I, that was how I was able to kind of follow along with the match so for those, 10 minutes. Those, those beautiful descriptions you gave of all the action was, was F O R Z A. Yeah. Football. Uh, I did go back and, and watch, uh, the 10 minutes that I missed <laughs> so that I could see what happened. But, um, yeah, man, I, that's kind of my only real big gripe. I think I'm really excited for the two new teams. Bay, I mean, terrible name. Bay FC, terrible logo. Uh, pretty exciting that it's kind of owned by former women's national team players. Is it BAE? It is. And they're is playing it, in San Jose. It's BAE FC? B, no, no, no. B-A-Y. <laughs> B-A-E. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I tee him up Randy, for you. And, Randy, you're like a. You, it's kind of like talking to a teenager ten years ago. Is it BAE? <laughs> <laughs> you guys hear that Maybe. new Beyonce song? Uh, yeah. What's up, yeah. Uh, listen, man, I, I get enough of that. I guff. got this new artist. I'm really digging Taylor Swift. <laughs> and she's gonna be huge. Did you know Avril Lavigne invented skateboarding? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, but hey, gentlemen, I do apologize. Uh, I do have to leave. I have to go pick yeah, up my dog. Yeah, I think it's time for us to go anyway. Um, Randy, hold on a second. Yeah. Um, closing track. You don't want guests to pick it. I think yeah. Zippy has earned the right to pick the closing track. That's what I was just about to say. Closing track? Like the jam? Yeah. Do we want to go with any kind of theme here? It's up to you, man. Okay, I'm going to go with you can... uh, Pe Peaches. The artist is Peaches. Sure. The song is Boys Want to Be Her. Okay. Oh, didn't we have that already once? I think Josh picked that once. You got you, you let me know. I'll send you a new I'll send you another one if that okay. one is not gonna work. Okay. All right. All right. Well, everyone, Randy, we you have can a playlist. Oh, I'm sorry. You send go. me a message on Friendster. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You stupid. <laughs> um who's old now oh, man, i saw out he can't see uh... <laughs> um I, i've seen peaches live back when you were a 12 year old well, um, yeah or or like 25 okay <laughs> yeah 25 year old okay um is she still making new music she is okay right. i think she's got a new album coming out in a few months when when does that drop as the kids say uh i i will have to get that information for you <laughs> oh god oh. all right you know how to get a hold of us um some combination of portland vanity with or without soccer on the various parts uh zippy thank you so much for joining us i appreciate you guys having me on thanks
Greg wasn't here because he was going to see less than Jake. Oh, I also am going to that show. Oh, so Greg doesn't have a valid excuse, apparently. So Greg and, well, yeah, could have been here. He just chose the show to doesn't start. Here. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'm two blocks away, and he's probably drinking. So, um, Josh wasn't here because he has a feral child. I guess is the yeah with child. Yeah. Josh is with child. Okay, um, that's it, right. man. Thanks for joining us. Rock and roll.
agenda. It's a fun show. I can't, I can't not. Enjoy oh, I it. think it's great. It's corny in some ways. It's, um, it's got a. F- I have been to four matches there, uh, before they were ever purchased. What? By before anyone knew they were. Yeah, uh, uh, I one of my best friends lives um very close to there, and that train station is where they would pick me up at in Wrexham. They're in a small village called Caracadridian. That is uh, 40 minutes from Wrexham. And so when I was, when I'd go visit them, I would just go, I mean, you know, it was a, they were, they were terrible. And this was like, this was between 2012 and 2015, (laughs) you know, a little uh, on a side note. I mean, it has meant so much to that town, just even the outlying towns like Caracadridian, like it has, it has been huge for their economy. That's great, Zippy. I'm trying to run a podcast here. Shut up. Actually, let me tell you about my dad's small town oh, in yeah, England but... called Harkstead, uh, with the largest yeah, city it. nearby is Ipswich. Uh, and yeah. Ipswich Town Football Club is making my dad a very proud man uh, over the past two seasons. And uh, the American owners, not quite as fa- – oh, I'm just doing this to troll Randy now uh, – not quite as um, famous as Ryan Reynolds and the dude from It's Always Sunny. But I will say that the American owners – I feel a little bad that nobody ever uses – Rob's real name. <laughs> just call him the guy from his post. Rob, Rob Macon. did that on purpose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whose idea it was in the first place, oh, you know? <laughs> a good time. Right, yeah. yeah. That's the, especially like in the newspapers, there'll be a picture yeah. of the two of them Ryan, together yeah. and the headline. Was Ryan just... Reynolds and this guy. <laughs> All right, let's, let's right. get this thing started. Yeah, give me one second here. This is actually some really excellent outtakes to begin uh, begin the episode. So, yeah, never mind. Randy, you gotta hit stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't ever want this to end.